Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. Welcome to another EuroLeague. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Kira and no one else because your boy's been very busy. So we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Uh, my voice is also kind of giving out. So get any awkward uh, adolescent uh, inflections and is what it is, isn't it? Uh, what we're not going to do, though, is skip the ever-present patented would you rather as i feel you know the show just collapses without it uh so yeah another esports themed one keeping it going for the uh keeping it going for the year which is very simple uh would you rather kira that the lcs merges with the lec or no merge and k corp joins the lec for australia oh well, that's easy. Is it? Yeah. Battle of the Atlantic was sick. And it was a sick tournament name as well. 2014? Yeah. LEC and LCS join. Really? Yeah. Interesting. 100%. It made, it made both regions better. That Because both LEC would be naturalised to have access to all the LCS talent. And like level up both leg leagues. LCS would end up getting better. And you'd have like a higher standard. Like... Years ago, like many a seasons ago, if those, those TL teams of Double Up and Jensen were playing in Europe, they would have been, they were already pretty good teams. They would have even been even better teams. They were like, bro, I don't think people realise how bad, like, playing in NA makes players. Like, like, just the play patterns and, like, resisting the urge to, like, learn, like, bad, like, things. So, I mean, I, I think it'd be fucking sick. I, I would 100% join the leagues. Cause I, I think people would be really surprised how much better it makes everyone. The only problem with that is obviously, you know, you can throw in some hyper hypothetical logistics about what they would move or whatever. But if it was oh. just a case of like LEC teams go and fly over every now and then to play them and vice versa, it wouldn't really change the whole it's really horrible playing in NA thing, you know? And it's like Oh, like I, I like I would like have it like I thought I thought like if it's a merged league, like for example, like you'd have like all of winter split and NA, then like have all of like ah, summer split and EU, okay, and yeah. then like yeah, and you yeah, like yeah. naturalize it. So like the summer split, like the winter split that hangs you for MSI is like the away split for the EU teams, and then like you then move over, and then you like tw twist it vice versa each year. So you would do like back to back ones in EU, so you would do like a full twelve month span in like EU, and then you'd flip it around back to NA, and you'd do back to back, and so it just rotate on itself. Yeah, no, that version actually I prefer than the one that was in my head. Because I do think if you merged LEC and LCS, it would be like obviously super cool and exciting for the first year. But then ultimately all that would happen is LCS would just be really bad. Like if you just, I, the, like the LCS mm. part of it, you know, because if they're still in yeah. NA and the thing is what you, it, if everything was like at a neutral middle ground, right, geographically, then it's like, oh, LCS can tap into like the ERL pool as well. And like all yeah. the teams get uplifted. But in the reality, like the logistics, that wouldn't really work unless NA came over to EU, and then that wouldn't work because then you wouldn't be able to grow any NA talent. The overhead all. would be insane. The overheads for some of the teams would be like insane as yeah. well. Like paying like teams in like two currencies, having like two different um, like studios to like play it off. Like teams like TL wouldn't like it wouldn't affect them because they've got two. They've got one in a center in the Netherlands, and they've got one in LA because they've got like. Yeah. The Dota team plays that are like there, um, but other teams obviously would have to like invest into that. I digress. It's what I always think they sh if they were going to have um, the segregated leagues like they designed, 
I have all, like always like hanging that it shouldn't the regions that the way they designed them were like piss. It should have just all been like one big mega region for the West, and that would have been like the healthiest with like a larger allocation of slots. Um, and if NA doesn't qualify, NA doesn't qualify. But the actual regional qualifier for NA in Europe would be sick because you would get all the NA EU games that you wanted, and then Worlds would just be the actual best teams. You know what mm. I mean? And everyone's sitting praying at Worlds and MSI for these NA versus EU games that just don't actually happen that regularly. Meanwhile, you'd actually have like a dedicated like qualifier for Worlds where like imagine one year the NA teams like upset the EU teams like you'd have like a big burst because for some years like NA teams were actually really good. Wow. 27, 2017 TSM like were pretty good against the field the EU teams. Um, 2016 TSM. I was gonna say, don't you mean 2016 TSM? Wasn't that the actual... no? The 2017 TSM beat everyone at uh, Ref Rivals as well. Now you can not put some stock, don't put a lot of stock into Ref Rivals, but like there were like decent performances. They beat all the European teams, and then like a Worlds is what is what it is. You know the Immortals teams beat Fnatic and that two four group and stuff. Like the like you know what I mean. Like I I think it would have been a lot healthier, particularly for the top teams in it. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think for me, if it was like for next year, let's say, I would take uh, the K Corp joining because I feel like NA, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think the logistics would have to work similar to how you describe them for that to be even viable. If it was just a case of like teams flying over and playing and back and forth, eh, I'm not sure how big a fan I am. And I've also been brain warped by watching a lot of L, uh, LFL this split. Uh, and in previous splits, and I don't know, like, for people who don't watch the ERLs, the LFL production is objectively better than LEC. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, their fucking studio, the fandom, like, mate, just look at the stage. Forget all the thousands of people watching. Like, just look at the stage. It's so much better. It's ridiculous. And it's also, like... the casters. I mean, I, I guess most people watching this won't, don't speak any French. My French isn't amazing, but they're, like, so much more like authentically infused than lec which feels more like pantomime almost to me i will um, give just a little side note just say what i want as we're like people always like laughed at like monty for talking about like regionalized fan bases and unlocking them for the overwatch league the mistake the overwatch league done is they tried to force something that wasn't there yet and just like place a region yeah. like a, a fan base around a team that had never existed just by injecting money rather than like growing it like naturally but if you go look at like lots of like the, the successful like teams around the world loads of them like rely on like regional stuff like vp natas vincere yeah, yeah. the lfl um the sk guy gaming back in the day with the brazilian you know i mean there's so many examples meanwhile like the na team didn't really unlock that same like regional like level or like access so yeah, i think it was something he was like mega right on they just like you know i mean they faltered in the fact that like na is probably the, one of the harder places to crack it like regionally it seemed yeah i mean if you go for again for anyone who isn't educated on lfl at all go watch the best of one this is a regular season game right a best <laughs> of one between k corp and solari and it is oh, like, yeah, yeah, half the stadium is just Solari fans on the left and half of them are K-Corp on the right. It's so fucking good, man. Like, I personally, I don't like, as as an attendee, I don't like to attend esport events. But for me, as an observer, it's so much more hype watching it on stream when you have, like, big fan bases behind them who are, like, actually partisan and not completely apathetic about the result rather than, like, 
three screaming girls who are going G2, G2 in the fucking 100 seater LEC studio who then switch their allegiances after a Baron fight. Like, that's just not, doesn't add anything to me at all, you know? Like, that's just a load of shite. But anyway, yeah, I would take K Corp joining the LEC and I would hope that upon joining, they would force Riot to up their studio game because I think it's fucking shite. Uh, anyway, moving on to something else that was fucking shite, but also kind of brilliant in its own way. XL versus G2. What a great series slash not that mm. was. That was a terribly brilliant spectacle, mm. is how yes. I would put it. Um, yeah, I don't really even know where to start on this, other than why it would be easy to say, as everyone does, even I sort of mentioned it, whatever, like how far XL have come. What an amazing story. But to me, this was much more about what the fuck are G2 doing yes, rather yeah. than anything else. And I would just point to two things immediately out of the block, which is yike and caps. Like, really? Y yike's catching us, Drew? Yeah, yike. For me, no. Like, and this is going to be really harsh. And this is going to see like lazy analysis on the surface. But. For Peach to have a couple of the games that he had, you have to have been playing badly. And then I was like, wait, let me just be introspective on this. Actually go back and watch some of the early parting or whatever. It's like, yep, Yike is in the wrong place in multiple early games. Doesn't really know what he's doing. But I would say Caps is more to blame because Caps was playing out his lane so fucking horribly that I think Yike was a bit lost as to what to do. Now, he shouldn't be. Like, he should know how to adapt when a lane that's meant to be winning isn't winning or whatever. And by the way... What's the lane what that's meant to be winning? Any lane against Abadagi. That's the lane that's meant to be winning, mate. And did he win? Did he win a lane against Abadagi? Did he actually win a lane? Uh, I think he might have won one in a five-game series. Like yeah, he must have won the first one. I, I I think he won one lane. I can't remember which game it was. It's been a couple of days now at time of recording, but unironically, I think he categorically won one lane, lost three, and then the other one was like even Stevens or debatable, like. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm slightly uh, giving Abadagi too much credit, but in a five-game series, if Caps isn't over Abadagi, that is a massive problem. Like, in lane, that is a massive problem. You have to be able to exploit that matchup. So, for me, I'll just yeah, stick to Caps for now as, like, the biggest reason I feel like why that was a, a much closer series than it should have been. What, what were your main oh. thoughts and takeaways from this one? Right. There's actually like a couple of things that like overall like, you can like pick on to. First of all, like we can always agree like Peach is like pretty terrible. But it's really weird if you like folk like characterize like jungles as like one v one matchups like the same way laners are. You can like out jungle someone and never see them on the map. Like for example, yes. there's the Yike bot dive game where Yike's on Trundle, he clears his top camps, his, leaves his bottom camps up, dives bot turret, right? And then Peach goes even though he's up in CS, he goes to get Yike's top camps, but they're already taken, and Yike falls back into his own bottom jungle and eats the camps, and they both reset, and Yike's got another kill on bottom. The Mickey X dies on, but he, like, dies taking the night on support, right? Like, Yike is down, I think, like, 200 gold or, like, something like that, like, for the time, but he's out jungle Peach. Like, like he, he's out, he, for, like, that opening period, he has out jungle Peach in that game. I actually think, like, yeah, like, Yikes! Actual like game like mechanics and his team fighting were probably the worst in that series I've seen. I wouldn't say like his overall like passing and strategy like a lot of his times was all that bad. Um, I love it. I don't think like Pe Peach was like out jungling him. It's always so hard to justify. It's why I know Malrang's fucking terrible. Like 
who is actually making the jungle go where? So sometimes a jungler will have like an idea and he will like have a laner like screaming at him to come cover like a back or a timing or something like that. And you don't, you can't really appreciate like, yeah, like, well, I had to go to this even though I'm now on the wrong side of the map because like all, everyone in the team was telling me, yeah, go cover this top thing. Even though you might personally yourself like think it's the wrong thing, you know, and then you don't cover it, that person dies and then you're to blame and you tell all your teammates. There's loads of dynamics like that within teams. So I like to try and stick on what actually like happened in the game and just talk about the junglers generally. The other thing that I think was worse than on average was like Odo Andy's laning. Yeah. I think Odo Andy's laning this series was fucking terrible. B I don't think BB's that good a laner. I think yeah. Odo's laning this series was terrible. And Caps was fucking shit just generally. Like the what the way he was losing like mid matchup, particularly that Jace one where he gets like chunked all the way down. And uh, but doesn't die at like level five. He fucks like the entire map state with that like one uh, fucking play. Just to touch before you go, on, just to touch on your first uh, comment, which I I largely agree with, which is in a bunch of these games, Otto's laning was just not it. Um, yeah. The fact that we went five games, a five game series, a closely fought five game series, and Otto is not having a good time generally in top lane for XL is like even more mind-blowing like and yeah and like there's so that, it just what, felt like <laughs> yeah there's so, exactly yeah there's just so many things it feels like that just shouldn't be happening like but i would actually say again of course i'm biased with it, i would say it's more of an aberration than caps like having a weird series you know i feel like in recent years caps is oh, having me. like more and more weird series you know so but this yeah. summer he was good that's the difference this summer yes. he barely fiend crap yeah and he, he came mvp the, candidate he... mate before this series and even in the BO3s, he was still pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not fucking... Yeah, yeah. Not spring last year. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like, taking over the entire game, destroying Larson. He wasn't that, like, level. And he's not been that level for a while. Yeah, uh, he's been good, though. Like, I agree. Like, yeah. BO3s, regular season, he was he was caps more than craps, for sure. Like, by but a... that, that, this series just wasn't it. I would like to highlight one player. Mickey X, by the way, this series... Just basically showed why he's like worth his weight in gold. Yeah. This series was like hard carried yes. by Mickey X and Han Sama. But Han Sama had a, some really dicey two two dicey moments and one dicey game. But Mickey X was so good. Like the amount of times he was coming mid at like on like the timings, he was like outpacing like Limit. Yeah, he's getting lane pushed because he's playing with Han Sama. But it was so good. I was so happy to see it because like. And Keep Limit up. was playing well. It's not like he was playing against a, a complete bum this series. And it's know? that same thing I was talking about with Yike, okay? Like, Limit's getting pushed in, okay? Limit then has a worse timing to move mid than, uh, what do you call it, than uh, Mickey X. What is Limit just... Maybe Limit does understand that Roman time, but you're not going to get to see it because his lane's pushed in. You know what I mean? He's moving at the timing that's appropriate for his game state. You know what I mean? And he's following Mickey X mid, but Mickey X gets there a couple of seconds before him and like already has boards down, vision down, they see like the traps. Like these are the type of things that are happening all the time. A there was a couple of like really, really, really like key things I like to point out for XL. They're like barren like takes and barren turns and they're player and barren. I actually think it's probably the best in Europe. Yes. Which is crazy to say. They had like a really under good understanding of like barren takes. And the other one was they got like mega bailed out. The series should have been like away and done in game four. 
But G2 genuinely lost their mind at that Baron team fight where Han Sama uses his ult to go to their ult wrong side and they all trace Patrick and Patrick kills like a bunch of them and they get like Baron. And even though they kill Patrick mid a couple of minutes later, it like doesn't actually like yeah. change the game state. But then because they'd already thrown the game. But normal good like G2 should have won that series at, um, would you call it? They should have won that series at game four. I want to ask you, what did you think of the overall draft this game? I think that's mega interesting. Uh, I mean, what people will focus on, obviously, is like, should XL have allowed the Cogmore in like game five? I think the, mo the most interesting yeah, thing for me is more like the, because this has happened in multiple series, by the way, team's priority on red side. I find that really interesting. Of course, stats don't mean everything right. But you know, blue side has a 69% win rate on this patch. I think globally. Like, it, uh, sorry, did I say red side or blue side? Blue side has a 69% win rate, which is astronomically high, yeah. right? And for me, you need special reasons to pick red side. Like, it, there has to be a either a very team-specific thing, either your team or, like, the matchup of the team you're playing against. And I thought it was really interesting what XL did in draft initially in like game one. But then I they felt... Done the, they done the, the Callista thing that we talked yes, about. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that that was exactly what we were sort of saying that they, they needed to do. But I thought it was kind of weird how given how the series went that they did get the Cogmore in game five. I think it's lazy just to say they should never get the Cogmore, but just ha ha given how the series went up until that point through four games, to me, it was kind of like you guys are actually out macroing them generally during this series. And do you really want to put game five on a Hansama gets to sit really far back comp? You know, well, I thought that was a bit, bit strange for me. A couple of like things. So, like the first game was like really interesting. This is like was like Dylan Falco at his best. You know they've got the Callista. You have like the Alistar, and they've got like the short range comp. You've got like the Kaiser the with the poke, but can be like short range on the autos. You've got like, the Rail. You've got the Knockup Pillar, and you've got the Nico to kill the Callista. So Callista's going through hell. This is like a hellish game for Callista, and so. I like that XL tried it one game, G2 countered it, right? And they didn't do something like this again. Yeah. Game two is where we enter <clears throat> insane land because this is what G2, G2 go for Rel, and these are the power picks that they give up. Maokai, Jace, and Kaisa to have a Rel. Hmm. I know it's flex, right? Do you care that much if that's going jungle or support? If you can have Kaisa, Jace, and Maokai on this patch. Are With you those those players as well, because obviously XL can flex well all three of those picks with the yeah, players yeah. they have and they're yeah. like really good player uh, picks for those specific players as well. It's not just how powerful they are on the um, patch. That is that right there is G two like mind fucking themselves. How you mm. can come out of game one and be like, Yeah, that's like that's our strategy for like on blue side. That's what we're gonna give up. Cause you know, they, they um they ban the rumble, the Rakan, the Poppy. That's fine. Um and the Draven was like permaban by XL, I think the whole series, I believe. I'm not too sure. Um But what what a bunch to like give away. Um that one was really, really the second thing I would like to say is I just do not think G A XL were incorrect to give them the cog, by the way. Because they'd already beat the cog. 
in like the previous games. And if you look in game five, they had like thank lot good tools for beating Cog. You know, they had like um Braum, they had uh, the Varith, you had the um Poppy to split the fight and isolate the Cog, you either get rid of frontline and die for the Cog, or you get rid of the Cog and the Cog comp now no longer has damage. I actually think the like the worst pick in there is probably the the jungle, but that's just there for like this uh, against Sejuani. It's a good counter against Sejuani, and even Pillar's pretty good against Cog. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good against Cog. I think. I, I, I was really confused when the with the their coach was talking about like they fumbled the game five draft because like I'm not saying like it was an amazing draft. What I'm saying is that when I look at both those drafts, I, I think both those teams have like good enough win conditions into each other to for a lot of it to come down to like play right. And Hans Sama also like. Builds a lot of the time in League of Legends don't matter, but Hansama not going like Bork until like third item was like painful to watch, uh, on in this game because like he was not dealing the amount of damage that he needed to with the Runans and the. Gunsus. Do you know if they? Do you know if they did ban the Draven in game five? Do you know? Excel uh, banned Draven in game five. See, for um, me, I would personally have rather given them Draven though. Like oh, again, obviously this. The, the yeah, draft they banned will... the whole series, right? Yeah, the draw. The thing is, it's weird because we talked about this on the last show as well, where I feel this is maybe an adaptation they could make because Patrick is a very good Draven player. Um, so I feel like that being a perma ban is slightly strange. But also in game five, I know the draft would have played out differently. But holy shit, they had the anti Draven comp as well as the anti Cogmore comp with their picks. You know, I feel like Draven just would not have been able to carry that game. Again, that's kind of stupid analysis because the draft would have gone differently if they'd wanted to go Draven a bit. But I just feel like Cogmore's ability to play so fucking far back in fights mitigates like a lot of the playing on the edge that you have to do with a Draven. And I think specifically in the game five as well. I would rather put Han Sammer in the position where he has make to him win. Make the mistake. Exactly. He has yeah. to win the game playing aggro on Draven. Um, make, him pr make them press their buttons. The more yes. buttons you make someone have to press and pressure games, the harder it is. Hey, it's a Jackie like, Love effect, you know? Like, he can yeah. be brilliant for four games. We put him in that super high pressure game five and he's on something like Miss Dashes on Lucian. He fuck it, fucks yeah. the whole game, you know? Um, so, and also, Han Sammer has been someone in the past who has fucked big major playoff games with poor positioning he's been game very fights. to be fair like in this g2 lineup he's been pretty yes, clutch. He has. yeah yes, he he's, has. in this iteration he's been pretty clutch one thing i would like to hi highlight though is so J J if i also do like a tier list of the g2 players right now i would say like mickey x was like the s plus yeah then like Hans Hammer, he gets like an A, but he like loses his marks for that awful game four like fight. And you're an ADC. If you want for me to be talking about you as one of the best ADCs in the world, you can't team fight like you did. Even if you lose a team fight, you can actually lose your team the team fight before it starts by doing what you've done at game four. Then you've there's like another like dip, and it's like Yike and BB, where it was like a mixed bag of like good and bad, like throws and not throws, like BB's Jack's game in game five, but like the four man stuns in the back line that he was getting, like the flank, all oh, that was great, but like was he pushing his side lane advantage as much no, as he could? That was what? that was the thing. I think I think he gets a, an A plus for his laning performances, you know? I think it was very good, but then a bit of the yeah. But was it converting them into like no. substantial lanes? Otto, like, was, example, Otto was better in a bunch of these late games where he got smashed in lane, which shouldn't happen. Like, but like I also like Odo's. I also some of Odo's like team fight was a bit dodgy, like the oh, Canon yeah. one where it could have been. Oh over no, the wall, but, like, we, yeah, we don't talk about that. But like, and, but, like all, across the average, they're all, almost 
somewhat about the same. The weirdest one is like, is BB pushing his leads like Irrelevant is? Like, and I don't even think Irrelevant is that great a player. Irrelevant in this playoff, when he was getting leads, game, uh, particularly against my boy Oscar Innan, he was blowing them up. He yeah, was he was making... the wing con, mate. He was yeah, the aye, but he was making con. Fnatic's map state unplayable. Yeah. Like, not even remotely playable. Fnatic didn't know what to do. So that's something I'm looking at as an app. like something, if I want to start talking about BB as like this elite player, like people talk about, I feel like that, and you know, like G- he's getting he's getting his own leads, which I like. But given like the map states and the advantages, as they're pushing them as much as he could be, I don't know. Like as in my opinion, from the play patterns that I've seen, not really. The other one I'd like to just quickly highlight, and then down below that, sorry, is you've got Caps, and Caps yes. was just. And here's a crazy one for you, G- eh, eh, right? Now I said at the start of this year, I'll never bet against Caps, okay? Because until proven otherwise, right? What series this year, like BO5 series, has Caps carried? This has just been straight up bad, I would say, in most of the BO series. Like, legit bad. We've got, like, a mixture of some weird pick stuff, which I sort of always questioned when he's being put on, like, the more supportive mids, and you kind of, kind of like, justify it in certain... The Sejuani. Yeah, Lissandra. <laughs> like, we're just some weird shit, which is, like quasi meta but you don't want caps on it like i still feel like many top 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 mid laners should be evergreen with certain carry potentials like during some parts of best of five uh series which he just wasn't enabled with at all and i think there was a reason for that and then this series here that wasn't the problem right it was his gameplay that was straight up horrendous so yeah i think caps for me so far in the bo's has had a bad year for him like because here, here's here's the mental thing. Because uh, under that thing, who's actually under that like idea? Who's actually carrying like all these G two games? It's bot lane and yeah. like yike, y- and yike yes. like and, and basically yike right. Under no way was that ever the premise for this G two team. Yeah. By the way, that like caps is bad and and playing the worst League of Legends for an extended period of time of his entire career. Right? He's not he's bad in the context of being capped, right? Yeah. Though I will say, losing lane to Abadage, we used to say he was an overrated laner when he was compared to like the elite four of the world. This is like the guy not being able to make it by the first gym in fucking Pokemon. Come mm, on guys, like yeah. like losing lane to Abadage is an absolute shocker. And a matchup by the way, I don't think Caps has lost a Jace game this year. I'm not sure. And he he'd been pretty good on Jace and he like it was pretty, it was awful, guys. Like it was so bad. Nah, yeah. We we will uh, circle back to both of these teams because obviously uh, how the bracket works out, they are go- both going to be involved um, in these upcoming games. But let's first go to uh, what is an upcoming matchup: uh, Fnatic versus Heretics, uh, which is a really interesting one. Again, one of the things I love most about this format is I feel you do not know these teams at all during regular season. You see little bits and pieces and you think, okay, that looks good. That player looks strong. Those are interesting picks. But there's not nearly a big enough sample size to really gauge how good the teams are. And then you slowly get more and more revealed as you go into BO3s and then BO5s. And it's like, okay, we're kind of learning who these teams are. So Fnatic got over their SK hoodoo and uh, obviously took, took those laddies down. Heretics have had a strange up and down uh, playoffs thus far initially but now looking back it's like losing to XL well it, that's not really an aberration is it like we're starting to build like the real tier list I feel the now the Rosetta like... Stone reveals itself and exactly the secrets come exactly. out exactly yeah. everyone's getting correctly sort of placed at this point in time so yeah, I think this yeah. is like a really interesting series by the way tweet yes. 
tweet of the uh, tweet of the week was Ebby tweeting something like "I'm back" or something like that, and it's just like, yeah, we'll not get into that. Double it's eyebrows to the sky, like to bit that just a little bit of sort of a. You know, uh... actually, we've got, we'll talk about uh, instead of just ignoring him and saying he's bad. I've actually got some stuff about Eve this week. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I would just say this. Maybe this is like reading way too much in it. But to me, that is like if there was ever a, a, any doubt of which way you were going to go with this guy at all, that would actually be the moment where I'm like, no, you just can't have this guy anymore because the tweet. Maybe this is reading too much into very little. Tells me that you don't know how bad you are. Like, it literally tells me that you know so little about the game that you actually think you play well. You were shit, mate. I don't give a fuck. You were still bad. Like, for you, that series was S+. Absolutely. But you were not a good top laner in that series. You were fucked. Like, you had a, a whatever game where you're like, yeah, blah, blah. the other game was shit. Like, I he didn't play well. He played fine. But you weren't... You were not... I'm overstating it. I'm overstating it. But you were not a good top laner in this no, series. Was, uh, so to tweet, I'm back. Mate, if that's you back, get the fuck out of the Man, league. Back to Japan. I've back heard, to Japan, I have heard so much from Nymera, from Peter Dunn, from whatever, about how nice this guy is. First of all, that's what you always preface when you're talking about someone who's shit at the game. Secondly, you are shit at the game. And if that's the best you have to offer, get the fuck out. You are not worthy of an import I'll, slot, mate. I'll, I will say he is like bad at things he was not bad at in Japan, and so I cannot like he he is literally like makes mistakes in LEC that he was like not making in like Japan. That's yeah, all I sure. can say. That like that that because when I I watched the games I was just like yeah like, and then when you see him play you're just like yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was I agree. That was the best you played this year, mate, and it was still fucking bang average at best. And maybe that's even overstating it. But yeah, anyway, so Fnatic versus Heretics. I mean, first, first of all, where where are you leading on this one? I think this is a really hard one to call, actually. So there's there's some like general ones like. Yankos is going to go top lane. I don't know why he's obsessed with, like, Evi's, like, lane. The whole idea is, is, like, okay, so people tell me, like, he's permanently under turret, missing loads of CS, right, and all that. And then when I actually watch, like, the games, like, Yankos is, like, going top and, like, trying to, like, kill people with, like, Evi. And it's, like, and then he'll be, like, on a Sejuani. And it's, like, you do realise if you get the kill, it doesn't help the map state. And if Evi gets the kill... He won't it do anything. Def <laughs> it definitely doesn't yeah. help the map state. I was, like... The person you should be ganking for is on the other side of the map, or like you should just be helping uh, Vito get to like mid game by just creating like a sphere of like protection, so you can because like Vito basically has went back to Misfits Vito. Yes, exactly. XL, XL never got like Misfits Vito. Where like yeah. on specific packs, Vito once he gets to mid lane, mid mid game, he can get by the very dodgy laning that he can sometimes have. Um, and not many people can like punish the laning. Just we just say that in like isolation right now. The standard of laning right now amongst all the mids is terrible. Caps is terrible. Abba is terrible. The only yeah. good laners left is Shumanoid, and sometimes Larson, he just disconnects maybe. his friend. Well, Larson's out. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So no, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Oh, he's out of. Okay, they, yeah, he's they out named of these it. Playoffs. He's out of these playoffs, but he'll very like very possibly yeah, so, be back. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, it's like the person that can actually punish him the most, he's about to play. The like the idea of like and yes. like that preference. Like, I don't know, like, fucking sometimes Humanoid just, like, goes on one and ints sometimes. And did Humanoid um, punish Niski, who is also not a particularly good laner? Not really. He had some good 
mid and late games, but the laning, Niski was like having one of his better laning performances yeah. generally against Humanoid. Would you call, like, the, uh, Humanoid does like pressure like lanes a lot and like health trade to like help out Razork so like people can't move on like specific like timings. It's like they're like iconic thing that also causes them to sometimes in because Humanoid sometimes overstays or Razork goes into like deep and Humanoid's too low to like follow. Uh, but just to like focus back again on this matchup, I don't know, like, when I, like, look at, like, uh, generally I would just say Fnatic should beat them. Oscar Inan versus Evi is a horrible matchup. Yeah. The bot lane is a pretty horrible matchup for um, Hertex. But if they get to that mid-game, I don't know if Fnatic are going to be that disciplined against, like, that disciplined against some of the poke comps that, uh, and the scaling comps that Hertex plays. Like... They've not been that clean in playoffs. Even the Mad Lions game wasn't that clean. You're relying on people, players that are a little bit streaky. Yeah, I would I don't say... Know. I'm, not uh... that, I'm not that sold. I would say like 60 to like 65% Fnatic. It's not out of the question that Heretics can win this year. Oh yeah, definitely. I think obviously people talk about the top matchup a lot. Um, by the way, that fucking God tier screenshot. I think lots of people... I, I went online to post it, but I was too late. Dom had already posted it. But that God tier screenshot of Ebby smiling and it says like last in gold at 15 like last in like damage per minute or whatever and then third in jungle proximity so this guy is getting like shit loads of help top from Yankos as we already know and he is just wildly incompetent with it and anyone who wants to sort of say that you know we are like being super harsh on Ebby or whatever that again I'm not a big stats guy in league it's a game with infinite variables essentially so I think stats generally are useless outside of certain metrics but that screenshot does tell uh, speak a thousand <laughs> words like how can you be last in those categories and have the third most help in the league like it's ridiculous um but yeah so there'll be a lot of focus on top lane matchup obviously a scoring has um a scoring in 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 sorry has uh been pretty good in in especially individually in in certain top lane matchups he should obviously have a heavy advantage there um a couple of things i want to touch on is I think you made a very good point, which is exactly what I was going to say about Vito. He looks like Myth Misfits Vito again, which is where I think Fnatic should be a bit worried, which is when, if Ebby doesn't solo lose the game and is super far behind and like the map just explodes open, if Heretics can get to mid-games, as they've shown, that means Vito's reached the mid-game, Ebby hasn't lost you the game yet, and Flakt and Mercer have been a good bot lane this year. Like, they've been a very decent, serviceable, good whatever they've been a good they've been a good bot lane for me this year and they can win fights and Fnatic I think have shown in playoffs that their bot lane has been okay but it's not looked like they looked in regular season let's put it that way I Trim don't think they're even that good in Trim regular it's just Trimby got to play Enchanters yeah Trimby, Trimby is now off Enchanters Noah is not not really looking like the fucking god all the Fnatic fans were claiming that he was after like three fucking BO1s. Like their bot lane is not looking shit shit hot. They're fine. Like they're not bad bot lane. Don't get me wrong. I think Trimby is a good support player, even though he does drop off a cliff a bit off enchanters. But they're fine. But it's not like some massive win condition. So yeah, I think Fnatic need to play sort of a, a classic Fnatic style, like hyper aggressive early. I think they need to get big advantages early, which they can do. Um, and win the game off of that. I do think the longer games go with gold leads being tight, 
I start to favor heretics. If you let me just put it this way, if you tell me that at 20 minutes there's a two gold def a 2k gold deficit either way, I will favor heretics to take those one, games. One, one thing I would say is Fnatic have got a lot easier time drafting, like a lot easier. Yeah, like, well, if, okay, put it this way if I put Vito off of like, say I take Vito off of Kaisa Ari or like, and then pick away Jace. Let's just say I do that, okay? That's a fucking, it's a pretty bonkers draft that I'm banning Ari. What would you like next best thing you would want to see video on? Syndra? Uh, Akali? Not Akali. No, I'm just saying, like, what yeah, would it be? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 okay, yeah. Me banning Ari is a pretty fucking mental premise. Like, not often that happening, but like, and remember, you just told me, it's like, video is the person that's actually going to win me the mid-game. Yeah. Like, because he's one of the best Kaiser players. He's very proficient on the pick. I'm very happy to meet it, right? But I could, I could go pretty deep with Humanoid yeah. on what, yeah, what yeah. I want to play. The solo and, laners on, on Heretics yes. have massive uh, drafting issues, yeah. And, sure. it's not, and it's not even just, like, drafting issues. Because, like, VTO can actually play, like, a large pool of things. It's what can VTO play that actually, when we get to the mid-game, VTO, as a vehicle, like, pilot in this, it wins the game. Like, Kaiser does do that, you know what I mean? Like, when he's on mid-game yes, yeah, Kaiser, yeah. when he's piloting it, he can take it and he can actually claw back goal deficits. Can he do that on other picks? Maybe he can. Maybe, like, Heretic's going prep something, but based on what we've seen, it's not as much. It's not like Humanoid's shown, like, an ama amazing depth. Like, he lost those Azir games, like a fucking wanker. But... Heretics like, have shown I... one interesting thing, which actually didn't work in their BDS series, but it did kind of remind people of this is oh, a... Oh, the Seraphine Bowman. Yeah, the BO5 threat. Because, yeah, that, I like that one. Also, because of the Kaiser, right? Like, one of Flak's best AD carry, AD carry champions is Kaiser. And in that meta, that's really interesting, right? Like, it does give them quite a bit of flexibility because, obviously, he can play the Seraphine. I think Seraphine can actually be good. I think they mismanaged that situation um but i just i don't think just because they lost the game where they've tried to play seraphine that means it's not not a, a, a powerful tool to have so that actually does um claw back a tiny bit of parity in drafting it's it's like targamas's center you know it, it's like it's one of these super annoying things you have to be cognizant of for an entire series so i think that gives them their own little edge but yeah, i do agree that the solo laners uh in heretics do cause some serious drafting issues but that kaiser seraphine dynamic is i also don't think fanatics mid game once they got by like their zero games that they lost i don't think it's like entirely terrible sometimes even heretics get like baited into like awful like skirmish like situations like the game with seraphine where like they all grouped mid into yes. drake and they all just died and through the entire game versus bds like can fanatic take advantage of those types of plays not as regularly because they don't not the real players well they have got a real player actually um well it's not in support but i don't know it's a hard one uh, like I, I this is one of these ones where like not even like seeing previous teams patterns i would actually more likely ignore what i've previously seen and it's more going to be what they reveal on the day like I would actually want to see like what the teams. Obviously, I would like to see what the teams are going to draft before I make my prediction. But based on just like player strength, like flexibility, at like how much playoffs have done, previous strategies shown, I think Fnatic should be slight favourites, but nothing like crazy. Which is nuts considering like Fnatic were the second coming in the regular season. 
oh how the mighty have fallen to the BO3. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's definitely uh, an interesting series. Now, obviously, the team that wins this will then play Excel. Uh, my question for you on this is: Is there a is there a game you would rather see? Is there like a particular matchup you think would make for a better series? And do you think that no matter who wins this series, that XL should be considered favourites? Oh, by the way, one second, just go back a quick point. I just remembered that looking at the picks there. A flat on Ziggs, that's cancer. That is something Fnatic will have to respect. Mm. Because all the ADCs that like Noah's proficiency on hate getting Ziggs bombs like dived and dropped on their head and they just get insta-killed. That is actually something that is super legit. Threat being able to threaten the Ziggs instead of like the Kaifa mid or with the Kaifa mid if it goes through like depending on other things machinations that is super legit sorry like okay that's just something i forgot what yeah, were you no, asking no, no it's good yeah no i was saying of these two teams which would you rather see face xl oh, fanatic you rather see okay fanatic and do you oh, think because fanatic's upside is ridiculous mm. and would you favor fanatic in a series against xl uh no uh not right now from what what they've been shown but again fanatic's a team where i was i need not i i xl don't have this property i feel like i've kind of gotten like xl's measure of like what they are going to do particularly now that i've seen like the bo5 but i feel like i i need to see like what fanatic have like concocted like that day because sometimes they're doing like stuff that I, I remember i said this actually to you nymera and you were like laughing at me in the show. All the European teams should be playing GP right now. Everyone should be G- playing GP. And would they call uh, would they call Oscar in? And obviously he's a dedicated GP player. But with loads of them in Europe, you could pick yeah. an apple for the fucking yeah, tree, yeah. and he plays GP. Um, would you call? Uh, so, like, yeah, if they're doing stuff like that, I'm way way heavier into like Fnatic than I am if like, you know what I mean? It's like game three hundred and forty six of Nar. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. What do you call it? Pop it, uh, like game 500 of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Razor's Pop it. And I do think, because XL as individuals aren't as deadly around the mid game, but they pressure around objectives and make you fight in some, in t- inside tempo frames, like, like in tiny frames, where you're like, you, you teams aren't like ready. And if like G2's panicking, Fnatic and Heretics are so much worse than this, than G2 are. G2 are like yeah. the best. In the whole league at it, and Fnatic and Excel suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I, so I like, all, Excel... yeah, I would also add that, and this isn't just because you know Excel beat Heretics as well or whatever in the best of, but um, I feel that Fnatic are better at playing around bot early in general. I know it's better when Trimby's on I, something that can engage, but Razork is every like, lane. Yeah, every lane. It's just because they've got Razork. When Razork yeah. plays his form of like, because he was doing it during the regular season, and you see it a bit more. Razork's the only jungler that is doing like total jungling where he's actually attempting to play through all three lanes and sometimes the efficacy of that is he ends and sometimes he just like takes over the entire game yeah and there's also like i guess a chance that you know if uh <laughs> if otto gets to play a best of five against ebby like i don't care if you know he he didn't have his best series last series or something it's like it's a it's a rough it's a rough one and i think yankos would be heavily distracted and confused again about how much time he should be spending on which side of the map you know whereas i think razork will just dive bot over and over again no matter what because he not that he better understands that that's how to win but i guess he does like he knows it's a bot centric matter he knows that's their strength it's always been the razork fanatic is diving bot diving bot and yeah i think that 
Patrick and Limit have shown that they're not actually very good at defending bot. Way better than they were and way better than when with Targamas, but they're, they're still, still, not, good they're still yeah. not good at it. So, but, but, but that's a peach problem, by the way. The same way as I was saying, like, Yike isn't playing, like, 1v1 versus, like, Peach. It's an absolute joke that just uh, the bot lane has to carry all the water for, like, Peach not being in the correct position. You can die bot lane, and it's not remotely your fault. Because you sometimes you have a Sophie's choice. You either take shit tons of health damage to hold the lane in position, in which you can just be like you have terrible back timings and you begin to like get destroyed like the sands of time, war of attrition style, and you like start losing shit tons of XP as lanes get start crashing. Or you can let the lanes come in and you just you keep your health pools high and you set yourself up for three man, four man dives, right? I'm sorry, in certain matchups in modern conception of League of Legends, it is the jungler's job to either make a positive play on the opposite side of the map, which Peach wasn't doing, or make a the cover play on the bottom side of the map, which Peach was also not doing. He was in fucking uh, what's his name? Yikes jungle with a pair of like Safari binoculars staring at like Gromp as it grows. Like, hmm, yes, in fifteen seconds this Gromp's going to be tasty, like like, mate, there's about to be a thousand gold deficit bot lane you need to worry about. Come on. Yeah, X, honestly, to me, XL is like one of the weirdest teams ever where I look at a team which is like so devoid of talent, yet so... Uh, it's because they've got like a defined... They have like defined yes. winning patterns. They have like defined like winning patterns where they'll like force around an objective and like actually make mate. people like come and fight them with like things that are quick at taking a zero, you know? They are yeah, the yeah. ultimate team. You know I'm what sorry. you know what I like about XL and like even their social media team, whatever? They're very self-aware. Like they're <laughs> posting all this stuff of like another win for power of friendship. But it kinda is. I'm not saying like I'm not talking about their personal relationships or whatever, but it's like it feels they have this very synergistic, like special connection with each other in terms of understanding how to how they all want to play the game and they're all so on the same page. And they have to be because they are not good. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there because it triggers me that it, it pops up, you know, on Discord, on fucking Twitter, everywhere. We've talked about this before, but I hate when Patrick starts playing well for a little bit of summer and it's like, oh, Patrick deserves a better team as soon as XL like, loses a team fight or something. It's like, this guy's allowed to fucking in split after split and then no, show it... up every now and then and it's like... This guy is like last year. Like it, he was good, like both the splits last year, but his two splits this year, they were bad. Bro, his winter, I still can't get over how bad his winter is, mate. See, when I'm watching the games, I'm like, right. he's been paid for this. He's I don't, paid. I don't even think he was good both splits last year, mate. I think he was horrible. Oh no, he, no, I, no he was good, mate. He but good. Reg regardless, I yeah, you don't just get to otherwise, like, fucking hell, might as well just put your mouse and keyboard down until the last game of the season and fucking put in a good performance. Like, come on, guys, this shit matters. You can't just show up, like, halfway through a year. And think about this, right? Even as bad as everyone's saying, okay, like Patrick's being, he's been better, more splits than Malrang has. Yet Malrang was, like, oh, an yeah. MVP candidate at one point. Within the, literally being voted MVP <coughs> with a team with Oduanda and Larson. That's why I was losing my mind, everyone. Yeah. That's why I... And then, I basically, like, the great curtain was, like, peeled back. And it turns out the fucking Wizard of Oz is a wee fucking bent old, like, naked old man. And everyone's like, oh, that isn't good. That, that's Malrang. 
That's how, that was how it was well, all let's, let's, uh, let's segue into a nice little section here, which is going to be a Koi eulogy, because obviously, <laughs> though Koi <laughs> might be back for the thing, we'll see. I suspect they won't be back, but because um, I do believe that if XL win, they're just out, I think. Is that correct? I think that might be correct. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, we're going to do a eulogy, because they're certainly not in these playoffs. Um, yeah, this is, to me... The ultimate timeline if Oddo winning a best of five knocks Koi out. Like, holy sweet motherfucking justice. Like, I'm not going to talk to, because, you know, your boy knows it all, right? But I'm not going to talk about any bullshit you want to speculate about this guy's bad at his job or whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care about any of that stuff. It does not matter. The only thing that matters is the very surface level, publicly available thing that you kicked Odd Wamne and traded Trimby away. And this is, and by the way, that fucking, the tweet, the one tweet that should have banged, that didn't bang, that I made this year, was Homer Simpson cozy in his little bed, and me saying, that's Maorang watching Otto and Trimby getting escorted out of Koi headquarters while he's fucking tucked in bed having the best sleep of yeah. his life. Mate, that was criminal. Absolutely fucking criminal. And this is... The, you know, this is what you sow, reaping what you fucking sow. Like, th this is the ultimate justice. And obviously, it looked like it might go a little bit the other way at one point. XL, dead last, oh, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And now look at them. Now look at what your boy Odwamne is doing and look at what the fuck happens when you make these kind of decisions. So, see you later, Koi. By the way, I also just want to say that... I for Larson. Uh, oh, yeah, mate. Larson's empire used to be, like, the Great uh, the great British Empire. He conquered all the lands, he had beaten all the Midlanders, and then 1945 came around, 1946, <laughs> and it was, like, the setting sun. Like, that was it. And I don't, every day shrinking. I don't ever want people to forget, as well, Larson's world performance uh, this past year, because he was fucking sick at Worlds. And like, people... he's, still, he's still an amazing player. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, but... Yeah, someone made a really good point, actually, on, on Discord, which I think is great, which is something, like, because I, I feel when someone comes into the league, you don't quite know exactly what they are, right? Like, kind of what you said with Maorang, like, some people might think, oh, but, you know, he's getting these no, results. I knew straight it. away. I, I, I know you did, but I'm saying, so, I, in fact, I, I, had a ba I had a banger take on Maorang the whole way through as well. I, to, I'll be honest, at some point, I got a bit suckered in. I was like, you know what? I think he's good at what he does, maybe. But what does I should have... Exactly. Well, no, it is... It's true and it's not, but I should have stuck with my more, my cleaner original point, which is he will come into the league and he will fuck up everyone's shit and confuse the fuck out of everyone for a, a bit and then everyone will figure him out and it'll be terrible. That was my original take and I wish I'd just stuck with it, not gone in depth on anything, just left it like that because obviously that's what happened. But I'm also going to apply this a bit to Segenda in a different way. I'm not calling Segenda Maorang, but Segenda comes in Initially, he's rubbish, by the way. Then he starts like playing well. He starts actually playing a few carries to uh, an okay level of competency. I'm not going to go overboard. Then he starts to really like play some decent games and almost be their best player, you know, every now and then. I mean, Larson, of course, is, is the uh, jewel in the crown. But Segenda won a couple of games himself, I would say. But now I feel like he is getting exposed in a way which someone summed up brilliantly on Discord. This guy is literally just how far he like. That's that was literally that was literally Terran that like with the, yeah. I knew you were gonna love that take. It, I was literally it's going so to say, true. I knew it you is were gonna so love that true. Take. And the more I see him play, the deeper we get into his LEC career. He is Alfari light. He's good at laning, but not that good at laning. He's not Alfari good at laning. And the millisecond that motherfucker leaves no. lane, 
useless. Fucking clueless, useless. What do you call it? Like the thing. The thing is, is Alfari was not as bad as anyone ever said. At, like outside, outside of Lena, like team fighting, he wasn't the best. I'm not saying he. But people it's probably because his skill set is so insane in one dynamic, and then when he translates to another, you're like underwhelmed, and he can't bring the, the same level of like gold advantage to bear with like worse players who have got smaller gold leads get more bang for the buck, right? But the thing is, Alfari was doing stuff like he was letting himself be like counterpick. And winning like almost yeah. every matchup. Like there's a literally a season where Alfari plays where he counterpicked once the entire year. Just think, and he was winning. He was like the highest goal difference in lane player in the entire season. Jigenda ain't that. No. I don't think he's that. No, 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 no. I don't. No. I don't think he's that. Maybe he is just not getting. Mate, there's a lot like... of players now who are like, I know we're still not good in top lane, but the top lane game has leveled up a bit, and you've got a, a bunch of people who can put in decent laning performances, right? Like, obviously, Oddo can be good in lane. Photon can certainly be good That's in lane. That's a good laner. Uh, Oscorin can be good in lane, right? Like, these are all... It's okay. Yeah, they're, they're not... Spe irrelevant can be decent in lane, right? <laughs> these these players are, are, are not bad. And Segenda, he's not better than any of them. Like, as a top laner, he's not better than any of them. Is he marginally better in lane than a couple of them? Maybe, yeah, sure, possibly. But the added value is just not there for me at all. And then, of course, we have the world's worst trade in League of Legends history, which was Abby and Petrimbi. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this 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 well, was just... One quick one, because it's now entered the mind's eye, and it was something I was saying a little while ago, right? Comp. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. What do you have to say about comp? You know what? That's brilliant. Because I forgot again. This is the thing. Everyone, no one focuses on comp. And I brought this up before, but I even forgot it again until you brought it up. Comp has, like, I don't know. As soon as Caitlyn disappears from the meta, he's just not it. Like, I don't know. It's just really weird, isn't it? Um, and for people who say, like, oh, well, what's he meant to do? He has to play with Advian. People forget he was already looking weird with Trimby. Like, he was not the same player as last year with Trimby. So... Yeah, I don't know. Very strange. Because I think Comp at his best last year was very good. Uh, when people said like he is the best AD carry, I don't think it's a Ooh, dumb so... dumb take. But it's ar it was really? arguable. No, back then, right? I don't think it was a dumb take. I just think it was, you know, I wouldn't agree with it. But there were arguments you could maybe make. He was certainly the best Caitlyn in Europe. I'd definitely give him that. But I think that... Um, yeah, <laughs> I like think so. But yeah, I think that Greek. like, well, yeah, exactly. There's yeah, just something I, was, I wanted to. I wanted to make that point, you know. But my boy is a bit sensitive, and I didn't didn't want to get at the end. But yeah, what is it? We've as soon as you take fucking Caitlyn away from Greeks, they just lose their shit, you know. They just become fucking average. I don't know. It's weird. Like he, it's very strange. But yeah, but the reality is, poor Larson is just fucking left helpless in mid lane. Watching Maorang fucking There's oink around two, the map like a moron and again there, not understand how fucking macro works. Like, yeah, it's, it's There's a mess. two meta points I want to make about it. First <coughs> of all, if I could like, like grab somebody like Larson, because I've watched esports for a long time. It's getting, I'm now up to about a decade, decade and a bit, right? So I've seen all the great players, okay? They don't all last. You're only good yes. for a certain amount of time. And I wish That's I could grab sad. Larson. Right, and I grab him and be like, "Bro, there's a chance you, when you do get your mythical pairing with a lawyer, and it happens, right? You're the bad player at that mm. time. You're no longer good. That's why every single year you are a top player. They should be like precious. That's why I'm so frustrated with like 
uh, EU GMs because EU has like this opening where the the players are good enough and we can send um, like uniquely good one or two teams to maybe one worlds right yeah. maybe I'm not saying they're favourites but there's a chance right but that window shuts all the time like if we get to the point where the LPL is sending five teams it's less they're sending six teams it's less again that's six LPL teams six LCK teams like the window is shutting it's getting smaller and smaller a European League of Legends isn't looking better when compared to the rest of like the domestic leagues I'm sorry like we're after the G2 empire dissolved right it's been like a dissolution and there has been a, the gap there is a massive gap between like Europe and the other like elite teams you've seen it at like um at MSI this year like G2 could have maybe won that BLG series right but like but they weren't that's right the, the tournament yeah yeah like that, that that is about it like they could have maybe beaten it. It was that thing I was talking about. It was like, G2 are the only team in EU that could maybe beat, like, the elite teams. And I thought mm. the only one was outside T1. I, didn't, I think it's a stylistic hellscape mm. um, for G2. But they, they could maybe, like, take a like, series off them. Because, like, G2 do do, like, the like the good setups. They have got, like, the elite team fighting. But even at that tournament, you've seen Hansama and Mickey X's laning versus, like, Zun and On. They were, like, second class. It was, and it was really, really, like, sad. And that's a pretty big concentration of talent. That's like what should be the best mid, best ADC, best support, and arguably maybe best jungler. Depends, right? That that's how concentrated that team is. And they lost to China's second seed three one yeah. with the series being relatively close. But you know what's really that's- sad? It's like with the this is what like because obviously we've referenced it a lot. I talk about it a lot. Obviously, it has a personal weight to me as well um but the thing to me that's so sad about the koi thing and why it's so frustrating is look at the original g2 empire that you were talking about or the the really super hyper successful 2019 lineup g2 tried to keep that group together for as long as possible while it was still performing at like an s tier level right they, they were like desperately trying to keep that semi-final of worlds wasn't good enough for them yes. that's how good they were at one yeah, point yeah exactly and they and they had they had a great one run they won however many splits in a row that at four in a row at one four. point i think yeah and then koi has three finals in four splits and mm-hmm. they peak last summer to win it that's the one they win and then they dissolve the team what the fuck are you doing? Like, you have transcendent solo laners. You have a fucking uh, great bot lane. And if if that's G2, you know, because again, this is one thing I will always compliment Carlos for, or G2 at least, is they always make the correct big boy calls off the back of success, which is something that's really hard to do, like making the change before it needs to be made or whatever. And yeah, that would like be England Patriots. Yeah, exactly. G two would have brought in El, done everything in their power to bring in El Yoya that off season. They or or whoever the the best jungler they identify. I mean, it could even have been Razork, right? Like people shit on Razork for certain splits, where but whoever was stylistically the best jungler, that would have been the move that G two was hyper focused on. They're like, we won. The team is going in a great trajectory. They should have identified that the Maorang thing was not sustainable, and that is the change that you make. To dissolve a team that makes three fucking finals in four splits. They should have won two of those finals when they got reverse swept by Mad. That was just like a coaching fuck up. Um, and yeah, then you're, ki- you're the kings, right? You're the kings of fucking Europe. And you did get it out of groups at Worlds. Like, it wasn't the best Worlds, but whatever. The idea that you changed that up. It was a world loss because of Malrang. That, by the way, yeah. that, just so we highlight, that, the, that was a world loss 
at like part major part of it like that should have been the glaring error that world should have told you you can never progress with this team with Valrang. Yes. look what Kanavi done to him <coughs> look what he's done yeah people talk about fucking Otto in top lane losing to the best fucking top lane in the world it's like okay yeah sure I mean yeah but no one talked about Malrang that series, which was fucking yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh, but like uh, uh, the other like metal point I was saying is there is a thing in League of Legends, and we're seeing it right now. Where like I just think people have like lost their minds when they're like talking about players. Rich, do you know like T one bench faker, and now they can't win a game, right? Yeah, those players could actually all be the like the best players in their role, but like faker could be like critical to like points in the game where like they they, they do not like encompass like they yeah. like struggle because they way that group of five people learned the game that was like faker's role and now you've just went boom he's just taking it and they never learned as players to do that without faker yeah. and another famous one you had was like the samsung white team in season three they removed one of their best players a mid laner daddy and yeah. got a worse player in pawn and they also replaced the top laner and then they made the two best teams ever white yes. and blue, right? Yeah. They literally invented out of nowhere the, and took out the SKT dynasty that everyone looked and thought was going to be unbeatable because they went un, uh, unbeaten in spring uh, in winter in OGN that year. That's like, that is the type of the things that can happen with moves. I literally wish I could have went to the casino. I told the GMs that this move of getting rid of Odo and this move of getting rid of... The Trimble one's crazy. It's, yeah, the Trimble so one weird. is just bonkers, right? Because it was mid-season, <clears> right? There is no way this improves the team at all. There's no way this makes your team better. There's no way this makes your team better moving forward. Because now, if you want to attract a new ADC, oh, by the way, your support's Adrian. And yeah, Adrian's contract runs out at the end of the year. Who are you going to get as your support? Like, ERL player, like, A, B, C, D, E, and train them up again. You're like, you gave away, like, one of the golden gooses. Like, I think Trimby's got problems. But he is like one of the best supports in Europe. And mate, they gave him to a direct rival. Uh, uh, what are we doing? Oh, like, bro, it's it's an absolute headache. If if you were literally serious and you were like rogue at the end of that year, it was lit. You, the, we don't know this now, but in hindsight we see it. And it's not to say that Yike would have been the same player because I bet he learnt tons. But like Yike on or a lawyer or Yankos, Yankos on G on. Uh, Rogue oh, slash mate. Koi yes. would have been the best teams. If they had gotten Yankos, by the way, and yeah. maybe replaced it with Comp, because I always thought Comp arguably needed to be replaced. Um, what a There could have been some things, but that team... I, I know, another one. Yeah. Like, just another one of those like dynasties. But yeah, you talk about... Well, like, we talk about Larson's window. Also, teams have windows, championship yeah. windows. And Rogue and, had a long one, potentially. Like, a long one. Imagine they'd all one. stuck together. They would Apart from G2, who would have been, like, pretty yeah. hard to conquer, right? And maybe in the winter. Mate, XL would... is the second best team in Europe. You think yeah, Rogue no, would yeah. be... Like, yeah, what are we doing? Like, fundamentals. Like, even the Malran comp... Uh, comp version if they just kept with Odo would have still been sick yeah. still... Oh, it's so mate mad lions oh, one, one fucking spring you think rogues don't just pick oh. them up and chuck them across the room against the wall like what the fuck are we doing man it's, like, it's so, it's it's so frustrating because every like most regions when you see the reshuffle it's like oh my god the KT team like I was always really excited for the KT team because I thought it would be a banger or like Gen G or the GDG team obviously like what a fucking sick team um when G2 resh when EU reshuffles, I'm just like, ah, no. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's horrendous. That is the, that is the point that, that we're at. 
some of these lineups. Mate, at least but... with Vitality, like people will shit on Vitality and rightly so, right? Because they do not They're put. Bold. They do not. Yeah, exactly. They do not put any proper, proper thought into actual team construction and synergies. But they always go balls to the wall, and it's like, if this works, wow. No one was looking at Koi and being like. Ooh, Segenda and fucking Advien. If that if that works, nothing. If that works, you miss playoffs, mate. That's what happens. You miss fucking playoffs. That's what happens. Like, there's no ceiling there. This is horseshit. Like, fuck off. Anyway, enough about them. Their shit yeah. now. The one thing I'll say, which I like, is that Rogue changed name immediately after they was good. So now we have this beautiful, yes. beautiful. Otto was, Otto was never in Koi. That all's a fucking joke, mate. Rogue, sure, that was a great team. Nah, I don't know about this Koi shit. Anyway, on to what will then be the final. And I'll keep this very simple because obviously G2 await the winners of the winners of the XL versus whoever wins the previous round. The winners so, of the winner, losers, losers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what, what do you want to see here? I mean, I guess the obvious answer is XL G2 rematch. Um, no. You're, you're a fanatic man, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fanatic man. It's <coughs> not that like the XL like, G2 was... It's, basically, it's like... Fanatic have the highest possibility of being the best version of like of any team. And then the, that is the best final. The good Fanatic that pushes the good G2. Yeah. And you see like who can... Who actually... And how good is like, G2 when they're pressured on their day. Because I... Like, I'm now going to start referring to like G2 because I can now no longer... I thought they were consistent in the regular season. They are now no longer, like, in my opinion, that consistent. Because this awful playoff, it's now happened twice for Mad Lions as well. Yeah. There's, like, Jekyll and Hyde team just shows up where, like, they smash you out of the park and then they just fumble and crumble. And then they smash you out of the park and then they fumble and crumble. And then there's, like, a really tight, close game. The Game 5 versus Mad was super close. Came down to one fight. Uh, the XLG2 game literally came down to one side lane play and to one fight at um, Elder. So, I don't know. They're not the characteristics of an overall consistent team. Uh, I, I actually think G2 have regressed in their understanding of win conditions. Fighting all the time with early, uh, with what they think is early prior, but you've, it's a Cogmaw. And I, don't know, I think the Fnatic team, if they make it, is the best version, is the best final, hopefully, because that would indicate a better version of Fnatic if they beat all those teams, yeah. you know what I mean? If they are yeah. there. True. But, uh, if it, you know what I mean? Like, if they do beat XL, yes. then Fnatic had to overcome XL and show the same properties that G2 had to overcome to the final. But if XL do replay them in the final, I actually think it'll be really cool because I'll see how G2 reflects on what they learned from XL and can they, like, do it in a much cleaner way. Yeah. And can XL maybe pick up on play patterns of G2? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm kind of the same. I think in a realistic scenario, if you get like a, a Fnatic relatively near their ceiling, that would be the most interesting matchup. I think if XL versus Fnatic happens and both teams play really well, the ideal scenario would be one of them two zeros with both teams playing really well. And then you'd feel pretty good about the final, right? I know it's like an easy answer, but I feel that if both teams are playing quite well, but one still convincingly beats the other then that would be a really interesting match for one, G2. Well, one quick yeah. question. Does Fnatic need to make finals to qualify for the grand finals? Or do they have to win? Uh, do, 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 do. I don't know. I'm not sure. I... One second. Wait, let no, me, if, they, if just... they make the final, I'm pretty sure they're in. One second. Let me just check. Championship points. Uh, Fnatic are at 120. So if they win, beat 
uh, hair attacks, they will gain how many? Yeah, points? they're in. If they beat, if they, if they get the into the grand final, they're in. I'm pretty sure they must be. So they'll gain if they beat uh, hair attacks. That gets them third place, which gets them 120. Mm. One second. So it'd be 120 instead of 90. So that would take them up to 140. Yeah, and that would put. Yeah, they have to yeah. beat. Yeah, they have to beat Team Heretics, I think, to like make it because that gives them 140 and that pushes out um, Team Vitality. Yeah. Yeah, because one of Fnatic or Heretics is going to get that and push out Team Vitality. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's all, all is sound in the world. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, it will come down to. I mean, we haven't really touched on Heretics here, but I don't really think anyone wants to see Heretics in a final against G2. I think the chance. Nah, I think that's and, a. Yeah. Well, it could happen, but I think the world in which it does happen requires some like big fuck ups and some massive like overperformances that you just you can't like consider with like analysis. Yeah. So right now, finally, before we go, I just want you to give me your three predictions in order, score lines for how these are gonna go. So Fnatic Heretics, give me your give me your score. Two one. Two one to Fnatic. Yep. Uh okay, XL Fnatic. Three two. Two Fnatic. Oh, but you said XL earlier. You said you thought XL were going to win. Have you, cha have you changed your mind? No, this is just like my pre these are just like my predictions. I do think it, but this is the best storyline I'm wanting. Okay, okay, right. This okay. is like Fnatic. This is like Fnatic on the what do you call it? like the, the Fnatic that makes it to like G two and are actually good. All right, but I'm not sure I really want that because then you're oh, just going to be like, well, then Fnatic wins three well, zero, like, and I'm yeah, like, that's not a prediction. On, that's what based you on, want. Like, what I've seen from XL three one to XL. Okay, three one to XL, and yeah. then in the rematch in the final. Uh, 3-1 G2. Okay, see, so now we have your perfect pickums, and if they come through, then you win some internet points, don't you? So, that would be oh, my... Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the other version is pointless, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, I want this to happen, then I want Fnatic to win 5-0 and well, fucking caps to break both arms. Like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do <laughs> your... We'll do your fanfic. We'll do your fanfic <laughs> another time, I think. I'm going to go... Yeah, Fnatic 2-0. Ooh! Yeah. Then no I'm going to go... XL three two. Then I'm gonna Wait. go. Yeah. Then I'm gonna go. XL three two. There, I said it. I said it. I said it. It's out there. It's out there. No way you think that. It's out there. No, 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 no. That is my official prediction. Three two. And you know what? You know what, Kira? I've just been wrecked. You know what? It's gonna be a reverse sweep. I said it. You know what this is based off as well? You know what this is also based off? If you go back and watch the face cams of G2 players during all the draft phases of that last series against XL and look at the fucking dispositions of those players' faces, they were fucking shook. They Originally, oh. it was like scrim mode, like they were... People remember that last game that G2 played against uh, Koi where they were literally like... It was child's play. It was fucking embarrassing. They're laughing. They're joking. BB's taunting and flashing like a moron in top. Like, like, they know the game is won. They don't give a fuck. That was their disposition. I'm not saying they played like this, but that was their disposition in game one. As the series went along, mate, it was like that fucking... Like, it was crazy. Like, they, they just flipped. They, they looked so nervous. And I think that's why I also would have, like... If I was the coach and I'd looked across and seen them, I would have banned the Cogmore. I would have put them on something which required like really zero mistakes to win and just just see what happens. And I think if they get to that point again, which I'm predicting they will, 
you're gonna see I'm gonna see Hans Sammer in the most high pressure scenario he's been in in a long time. Are you ready for this one? If you had left the Draven open and lost it in game five, it would have tilted your players so much they would lose the lower bracket game. Yeah, well, that is yeah, that is very possibly <laughs> we true. Yeah. We banned it all series, let yeah. it through in game five, lose. Like, that yeah. would have tilted your players. But you so know, but, good, but, good luck coaching them after that. That is true, but because of what's happened, now it wouldn't, right? Like, if they make the final and then they do it, like, because you, you have both sides of the coin, right, at that point. Oh. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going XL3-2. Reverse sweep. You heard it here first. This will be this will be better than my Mad Lions take from last split if it comes off, mate. So. I won't be laughing if it actually does happen. That's the scary point. Oh, mate. Anyway, I think on that bombshell, we will leave it there, guys. So thanks very much for watching, and uh, we will see you next time.